two, one. I'm in the flow. Yes. <laughs> Welcome, Aaron Apke. Thank you for having me, man. Pleasure to be here. Hell yes. We've met already, but our third density bodies got to meet today. Yes, we got to meet in flesh. We did an episode like two years ago Yeah. online. That was a good one. And I like how you pulled up the ASMR nonsense that I had up on the YouTube channel. And you were like, what is this? And then we just sillyly wanted to start the episode that way. And it was actually what it was advertised to be. It was 30 minutes of... ASMR nonsense. (laughs) I was like, we should start the pod like this. Yes. Drop right into flow. It was funny when you were like, was there, was there someone that taught you this? And I I was like, it's just been a freaking gooniness since youngness. And it just feels great. Your own soul taught you. Yeah. I felt like a Buddhist monk was like, if you make silly noises for 30 minutes, (laughs) you'll enter the enlightened state or something. Yes, I'll try anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'll try anything to be what I already am. Yes, what a paradox, huh? (laughs) We so we have uh, it's fun coming together like this now. Um, also after these apparent years of continued apparent uh, years, apparent years, yeah, of continued. (laughs) Um, now our focus seems to be uh, more, um, you know. finding what was never lost and now like building new earth. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we have on the, on the episode that we're excited to talk about. And yeah, um, let's, uh, let's, let's jump in and let's hone, let's see. Well, actually, you know what I want, I want to start with, I actually want to start with, we have like, we have money, truth, new earth. We have all these things we want to talk about. I want to actually start with the truth piece because I want to start with that kind of like that as the foundation, as we talk about, cause it's always where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Right. So we mm-hmm. can talk about mm-hmm. the concepts of new earth and whatnot, but where is it coming from? Is mm-hmm. it still coming from a sense of lack or separation or, or whatever, mm-hmm. or if it's not. And so, which it never really is. Um, so let's start, let's start with that. So, um, you know, I, when I, when I said there a moment ago that, you know, um, finding what was never lost, you were like, yes. Mm-hmm. So can you play on that for us for, for a little bit? Because you also do. So in that sense, there's like no path in that sense, finding what was never lost, there's no path. And so, but at the same time, there is an apparent path. Like for example, there's students of like 4d university and whatnot and things mm-hmm. like that. So how, how does that, how do you see all of that? Yeah. Well, in the, not in the new earth conversation, but in like the individual spiritual ascension context, um, there are, there are archetypal paths, Buddhism, Hinduism, mystical Christianity, Taoism, that, many can use to reach the same destination, but there isn't a path in the sense that no two people are going to have had the exact same journey. You know, they're all completely unique and different, 
maybe they used the same disciplines, they meditated on the same concepts, but the actual unfoldment of the evolution is totally different for everyone. So that's how where like two things can be true, the dualistic and the non-dualistic. Hmm. But in the in the context of the new earth, which is what we're honing in on today, you know, this is my greatest passion right now to help humanity survive through this hellacious dark night of the soul it's going through and to be of service and help the planet shift into the fourth density. And I think where the truth begins for humanity right now is the awakening to natural law, which was what was never lost that you mentioned mm -hmm. that there is an underlying law system or law form in the universe. We call it natural law that is unbreakable and irrevocable and eternal. There's, you can violate it all you want. It, it allows you to violate it, but not by escaping the consequences of doing so. Right. And we call that karma. So humanity has built up a lot of karma over tens of thousands of years that we're now paying off because we've been violating natural law like crazy. And uh, what we'll get into today with the money, truth, freedom conversation is how that violation of natural law has manifested as what we see today as our legal system and our monetary system. Every system humanity is currently, um, that humanity has currently made and is enslaving humanity. Uh, humanity made the systems that are now enslaving it, the monetary system, the legal system. And that's because we've been violating natural law. And, you know, the basis of natural law is what Jesus said. Um, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Whatever you do to another will be done unto you. So all attack is really self-attack. All mm -hmm. judgments, really self-judgment. Humanity has not figured that out yet, right? So we've created a world that reflects that ignorance and we are basically enslaved to that world now. And that's the catalyst for our awakening as well. But the awakening is painful, right? You have to wake up to all the shadows inside and all the darkness and the things you feel shame for and guilt for. And you have to bring light and healing to those parts of you. So I feel like as a collective, humanity is at that part of our uh, awakening where we've just realized we have a lot of shadows that need healing and they're starting to manifest. And we're, we haven't yet figured out that the right way to heal those shadows and move forward and evolve is by forgiving them, you know, and having compassion and understanding. Mm. We're still trying to like <clears throat> make reparations for what was done in the past. Your forefathers did this to my forefathers, so you pay up. And we're keeping the war going right down the generations. But it's, it's the combination of all that insanity manifesting, all that conflict and division manifesting that starts to wake us up to go, there's got to be a better way of living. I actually love that line because if you're familiar with A Course in Miracles, mm -hmm. then you probably know the story of Helen Shuckman who channeled the course. She was living, uh, she was working at, um, is it Harvard or Columbia University? And her and her colleague, Dr. William Thetford, were in the midst of this like political turmoil amongst the faculty at the college. There's all this division. I think there was a lot of political ideology battling and stuff. And they got so sick of it and frustrated by it. They were like, Helen Shuckman said to Dr. William at the, in, a, in a private meeting, there's just gotta be a better way of doing this, of being together, right? There's gotta be a better way, like psychologically. And that was the like cry she put out into the universe that the universe answered by channeling A Course in Miracles in response to that question of there's gotta be a better way. And so I think we're kind of saying that now as a, as a whole, there's gotta be a better way. 
And it's being manifest as this awakening to common law that's started here in the States and Canada mostly, where we are realizing that the actual law form called common law or the law common for mankind, that was established by our forefathers. And it's the it's essentially the highest jurisdiction of law. It completely trumps uh, commercial law, legal legalities. It's the highest law form of the land, but it's been swept aside by those in power because it's what gives the people power. So over the course of time, they've tried to scrub it from our memory. It's literally like a dystopian sci-fi show or something. They've erased our real past from us. They've taught us a wrong version of American history that twists it so that we keep putting our power in the government's hands rather than becoming our own power and standing together. And so this awakening is really amazing and I've gotten swept up into it obviously. Because when you hear about this, you just can't not respond to it with a total, total body. Hell yes, I'm all in. Um, I will be a living example of the truth, you know? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. So, <clears throat> all right. So on that, on that first bit, um, there's, there's both what's already here that's never lost. And then there's the apparent process. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, the, okay. So there's an apparent process. Um, <clears throat> and it's, it's actually quite funny. Even that is been just undermined so much in the conversations that have, that have been coming up more and more in the last months is just like undermining that there, it, that there can be an attainment of freedom and that yeah. there even is an entity in the first place that can attain and that there's already no entity and there's already no locate locality and there's already just oneness that is mm-hmm. pure freedom innocence in this in this <coughs> beautiful appearance that 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 it is and so it's always fun to um to cut and like undermine that sort of ah well i'm not free yet mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. <laughs> dude we're about to get into this conversation i'm telling you man i love it <laughs> Oh, and then there's everything else that, um, that you shared, which I'm excited to hear more about, um, how you, how you've, um, kind of looked at what, um, are the, are the things that put the, put the apparent handcuffs on. Mm-hmm. And also, cause what I shared with you before we started was that a lot of what, what, at least what this is honed in on, on building is just like the future of just decentralizing basic needs and mm-hmm. allowing people to be free in that um, in that way. Um, and so basically never having like waking up every day and never even having to think about money, never having to think about shelter, energy, mm-hmm. food, water, every day is just waking up to joy and play. Yeah. And that's like, that's the future within just some years. Hopefully you can homestead with all your basic needs being met in these new earth communities. So mm-hmm. that's where all of my like energy and focus along with the show is there. And then it was interesting before the show, you were talking about how you have that focus and then you also have the focus on understanding the old patterns of the system mm-hmm. that have um, that have created those, that, that appearance of, of, of shackles mm-hmm. and how to, in a way, break free from those. So, okay, so <clears throat> so we'll have those, those themes. All right, <clears throat> so... So how about, um, how, how would you respond? Let's say when you have 
let's start here. How would you respond? Let's say if we have, um, you have a, you have a good amount right now of, of those that are in like a 4d university right now, as an example. And when, 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 when there is the question, cause you have, um, how often are you, are you hosting, a um, where it's like a live 4d university session with every Sunday, every Sunday. So, and in those sessions, there can be a, a, a question that is asked. Yeah. Right. Cause I've seen some of the videos where you respond to the questions that are asked that you then put up on like YouTube and whatnot. So, <clears throat> okay. So how do you respond when someone that is asking says that, you know, I, I, I still, I still have a process. I still have a path. I still, I'm still not free. I still, I still need to attain something in order to be free. How, how do you reflect back there? Mm. It's definitely unique to the individual, of course, but in general, I, I try to do my best to let people be where they are to a certain extent and not infringe on their world too much, but invite through questions, invite them to challenge their world in the same way that I have challenged mine, you know? And so those, you know, it's unique to whatever the question is or what the life experience they're talking about is, but I really like to go into the catalyst of their life experience. And in fact, we just started doing that every month. We do the first Sunday of every month, we do our catalyst journal workshop where um, it's kind of one of the practices we give in 40U where they journal about their, at the end of the day, they think back on their day and they review what experiences today challenged me, uh, provoked negative emotions and reactions in me. And then they write out, oh, um, my spouse said this comment to me and I responded back like this and then I felt guilty about it. They'll just write it out, you know, <clears throat> practically speaking. And then they take it through kind of the three disciplines of the personality. What is this experience asking me to be aware of in myself? What is this experience asking me to love and accept within myself? And then to me, becoming the creator is like requalifying my thoughts about that experience. So <clears throat> let's say um, the experience provoked um, me feeling small or insecure in some way, uh, self-devaluation, then I will, <clears throat> I will take it into a kind of quiet place within myself and find the thought that feels like what I'm thinking, which is... Um, I'm just not good enough, for example. Mm. And so I'll say, <clears throat> I denounce the belief that I'm not good enough and I affirm that I am good enough or mm. <clears throat> whatever way I want to affirm the truth. I always teach it has to come from a real heart-centered place. So um, don't use my formula. Don't use the mantras I use unless they really resonate, but get quiet within and whatever truth feels good when you affirm it, uh, like I am abundant whatever feels good, whatever feels expansive, affirm that. And if you can do that, you're sort of requalifying the energy of that thought because we are the creators, right? So whatever we're thinking about and whatever we've thought about in the past is qualified with the record of how we felt about it, you know? So if I felt negative about a certain thing, I've like saved that negative idea in my infinite memory bank of consciousness. And it's gonna cir circulate back around at some point and I'm gonna feel and think that same way again so if I don't stop it, see it, requalify it, it's just gonna keep doing what it's doing and continue to get energy from me, right? I'm feeding it every time that it happens and I don't 
take responsibility for it. So as soon as I feel contracted, I need to take inner responsibility and say, why is, why is my state of being constricting right now? Find the thought, you know, what, what am I needing to be aware of is find the thought, find the belief, love it, accept it, forgive it. You're not wrong for thinking this, but I'm going to requalify that with the energy I want, which is empowerment or whatever it might be. So they take it through the catalyst. And to me, that's where people find the real answers of who, who am I really? It's like, you gotta, you kind of have to walk the walk to know who you are because you can sit around all day reading about who you are, you know, meditating on who you are, but until you start showing up in your life experiences as who you are, mm -hmm. the infinite self, the one who's never threatened, the one who has infinite love and patience and for all, you know, be that self. And as you're practicing being that self, you actually start to feel like you're that self. So the self-identification happens through just the daily practice of being that self rather than the egoic self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the catalysts are such profound gifts. Yeah, it's like, <clears throat> and sometimes they, um, they, um, <clears throat> they can show up in very <clears throat> crazy ways. Um, yeah. Like <clears throat> I, I remember, um, um, there's, there's a lot of, um, <clears throat> like kind of like fami familial conditioning about, um, you know, a, in a way it's like objectification of the child to be kind of like a grandchild machine for, mm -hmm. for the parent that mm -hmm. wants, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, there's, there's almost like a kind of like a phase of like, okay, I'm, I'm no longer going to argue about it and I'll, I'll just be peaceful about it. And then there's like mm -hmm. a phase transition from like equanimity to, okay, well, I'm not going to be a doormat anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then there's the just reflection back of, mm -hmm. I'm not an object for you to have grandchildren through. <laughs> You know, yeah. and so sometimes it's actually not equanimity in a way. Equanimity uh -huh. can be another straitjacket. Mm -hmm. And so that reflection back of there's no one here and there's no one there, motherfucker, <laughs> to your own parent. Yeah. You know, something like that is, uh, whoo, and that is in a way, it's so freeing and so liberating to um, unshackle what was kind of holding one and like, uh, I can only be this certain way with my parent or the, you know, or yeah. whatever. Um, so the catalyst is fascinating in, in, in that way. Um, and okay, cool. So I want, I wanted to ask about that. That's good. That's good to hear. Um, and it's also fascinating seeing like, in a way, it's kind of like the Skittles, like all these different flavors, uh, tasting of the rainbow. Like it's just like, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, there there'll be an appearance of whatever. Um, if if one is you know teaching a certain way, there'll be a resonance, and there'll be wanting to be with that and see if that's a path to freedom. If there will be one that's teaching a different way, or if there will be one that's saying there's nothing to get. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's nothing to get. And, <laughs> and actually perhaps a little bit of <laughs> will actually, oh, you know, it's already 
the case. It's already mm -hmm. free. You need a teaching for every step along the path, right? For wherever somebody is, there needs to be the right pointing to get them to the next shift. And so there isn't just one perfect pointing for everyone at all levels. And I think it takes a bit of that mirroring awareness to like perceive where someone's at and what they may be able to, what may land for them and what may not land for them. And um, I see that a lot in, in non-duality meetings and stuff where <clears throat> a lot of the people are there and like just don't get the concepts and they study them for years. And it's like, I just honestly, at the end of the day, if I had to be honest with you, I still don't really get it. And it's like, maybe that's because you skipped an intermediary stage, which to me usually is the heart. Usually people skip over the heart and they want to go straight to the concepts and stuff. But it's like, you didn't really practice embodying universal love, forgiveness for all beings, humility and gratitude, service to others, the heart stuff mm. that really like ripens the soul. Mm. And once you have that really soft, open-hearted, loving mm -hmm. energy, those concepts of there's nothing to get, man. You're like, of course there isn't because it's, it's love and it's already here. Mm -hmm. It makes so much more sense to yeah. a heart full of love than someone who doesn't have that contact or communication with love at all times mm. won't maybe be able to grasp these amazing pointings that are absolutely true, but they can't really be gotten as an idea. It has to be a felt experience of there's nothing to get. Mm. And then you can nod your head and you get it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love how, um, you know, for, for, for forgiveness and all kinds of healing really has, has been apparently fundamental. Um, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's, um, yeah, it's, it's, fa it's, it's fascinating that, you know, like, um, like feeling the, the wholeness that, that ever, that everything is obviously. And like that, that's, that, that's what it is. But, and then being able to, in a way being able to say that it's always been here and then also saying that uh, apparently there was a path that that involved um opening up and um yeah doing things like um like re re repenting um yeah and and it, and it is it can be challenging um to to um <clears throat> to say that because um <clears throat> because it's of course it's challenging to say that repenting will lead me to freedom you know that's a challenging thing to say but at the same time if there really hasn't been a it, um if there actually hasn't been like a, a um a um uh saying that wow like holy shit that what happened like x amount of years ago where the where i did this and like I'm willing to apologize for it mm -hmm. and, and just to heal together about that. Like it, it creates its own, in a way, its own heart opening yeah. to that universal love. And yeah, <clears throat> that's the ACIM path is to forgive, forgive your way to heaven. Sort of, if you forgive everything to a certain extent, then you finally see everything shining as heaven everywhere. Mm. And why doesn't it already shine as heaven? Cause you have all these judgments about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you're dimming its light with your projections mm -hmm. and even the labels and concepts are still dimming its light. And so that's the, um, the power of the innocence. The course calls it innocence, but it's like the don't know mind. Of course. Yeah. It's yeah, also essential. Yeah, don't know. Unknow. Yeah, absolutely. That's innocence. Yeah. 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 And then that is what enables the seeing in a way of paradise and everything already. Yeah. Even, even the worst war is unconditional love warring. 
Yeah. It's freedom warring. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that's, that's, that's great. Um, the, the don't know the unknow is like, is it, I mean, it's, it's there in a baby. It's there in the, the dog or the cat. Mm-hmm. It's there. And like, it's just blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. And absolutely. What do you think the dog hears? When the humans want, 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 but it knows wah, energy. Wah. <laughs> it knows the energy you put out at it, right. but it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't mean much when you speak to it. Right. So it's like it's always here, and it's always like, mm. yeah. I heard a phrase recently mm-hmm. that someone said that I was like, "Wow, I love that." It said, uh, "We're living, we're living in a museum of other people's ideas." like cup, you know, like someone else chose the word for this. I didn't name this cup. I learned that it was called cup, desk, chair, Aaron, the English language. Like I was taught all these things. I didn't make any of them Mm. up myself. So it's like everything is a museum of past ideas from other people. Mm. And that's in the sense why we don't see reality or we don't see the present moment because it's plastered with labels and ideas of what other people before us thought. And we've just like borrowed their thoughts. Kind of a wild idea to contemplate. Right. I love that. Yeah. Undeniably true though. Right. The the don't know, the unknowing is <clears throat> what makes in a way these, these labels melt. Mm-hmm. And then there's the perfection that every, the freedom that everything always is. And then, and it's fine to use that word cup. It's just what's totally, it's what's appearing, but it's great to, in a way, undermine uh, a box that has been so strongly uh, that it's kind of, in a way, it's like like a name. A name is a very strong box, um, and so the, the yeah. and undermining it <laughs> and the freedom that can come from the undermining um, of that kind of that contraction around that label. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a that's a good way. To, to say it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love also the, the conversation about uh, freedom warring you mentioned. Yeah. Um, that's a hard one for people to intellectually understand what we mean when we say there's no war in reality. There's no death in reality. There's no abuse in reality. So these things are illusions, you might call them. And that would really upset a lot of people to say that because they're like, how dare you say all the Palestinians getting slaughtered right now are just illusions. So it's important for me to like, I always try to clarify what we mean when we say that, because we can toss around these highly philosophical statements and not really do justice explaining them all the time. And I think sometimes things are better left unsaid if they're not explained well. So when we say that, what we're not saying is, People aren't experiencing all the terror they're experiencing, the pain and the suffering and the death. We're not saying that they aren't experiencing that. We're saying that what is real and actual is eternal and incorruptible, can't be harmed. It's forever. And the basis of true love and to love anyone has to begin with you perceiving that eternal element in them that is imperishable and perfect and divine. It's an extension of creator. And it is to be valued as that always. So I'm not going to diminish you down in my mind, in my perception of you to this delicate little body that's getting blasted out of existence and poor you, you little victim. To me, that's like an attack on that being 
because I see a perfect divine being in my awareness. And so although I will always strive to protect everyone from harm that I can, that's what love does. At the same time, if someone dies in my world, I don't really experience it as death because I never experienced them as a body. Hmm. I always experienced the eternal dimension of them like I do in myself. So when we say that war isn't happening in reality, we mean that insanity under what we could call sanity or natural law, there's no possibility of something like war, right? Because everything is one, everything is connected, everything exists in relationship. There's only one energy in the universe. There's only one mind, one being in the universe. So it can't go to war with itself or against itself. That doesn't have meaning, right? The war happens in the dream of separateness when humans are under the insane idea that we're separate from each other and therefore you might be a threat to me and this and that, we form tribes and then eventually we go to war. That's all uh, like a person in a straitjacket talking to themselves. You know what I mean? We would never tell an insane person in a psych ward who's talking to themselves and terrified of the big green hoblin, goblin chasing them. We would never say that they're not experiencing that because clearly the poor soul is. Look at them running around the hallway screaming by themselves. You know, We understand they're deeply suffering. And so there's compassion. And yet we are awake in reality where we know there's no green goblin chasing that person. See, so that's what we mean when we say there's no war in reality. Humanity is dreaming it together and co-creating it together by violating every natural law there is, you know? And that's why it creates so much karma when we have things like war, child trafficking, abuse. We just keep creating more karma for ourselves. So that's why to me, I'm very interested in looking at humanity's shadows and not just avoiding them saying, well, I'm just gonna meditate and be spiritual by myself. Good luck world. It doesn't feel loving to me to do that. So I wanna pay attention to what's happening in the world so I can bring my light and love and forgiveness to it. But I definitely don't wanna fix my attention on what's happening in the world and get drawn into the negative elements, right? I wanna stay detached in the sense of my identification with the world you know, as, as something to be feared or whatever. I never fear what's happening in the world, but I also want to know where the light needs to be sent. You know, otherwise, how can I really be an agent of change on this planet? Um, so I think there's a parallel there between when I really want to look at my shadows, you know, like I'm not afraid for something to come up anymore. Uh, in fact, I look forward to things manifesting so I can heal and correct them. In the same way, when I arrive at that disposition in myself, I will simultaneously arrive at that disposition towards the world because my world is me. You know, there isn't a duality of inner world, outer world. There's just one world. And so what's happening outside of me also feels like a part of me. You know, so I take partial responsibility for it in the sense of that needs healing and light. So all these different forms of corruption we could talk about, right? There does there does come a natural sense of righteousness and truth in you that you're like, we're not gonna stand for that anymore. That's not loving, that's enslaving humanity, that's contributing to suffering. Let's get rid of that and let's build something beautiful and true in its place. Um, that, that has to come from a heart of love, right? It can't come from a, an angry heart full of hatred and judgment mm -hmm. towards the deep state and mm -hmm. the Illuminati. Um, you can't really create positive change with either fear or anger towards that energy. There has to be a forgiveness of it of like, look, there's nobody really to blame. Humanity built this monster. You know, this is a collective manifestation of all of our greed 
and selfishness over millennia. So why waste time being angry at somebody? Let's just get down to the work, right? And start healing it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there's a... <clears throat> like, um, something that is so free can appear the way that it is appearing. Yeah. And that's the miracle. And it's always here. And as long as there's like only only some only like the 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 me that is separate and lacking wants to control the appearance because it feels like it's it's wrong and it's not wrong Mm -hmm. it's that um it's actually perfect it's perfect yeah and then whatever is coming through that is new to build just comes through effortlessly to build and it's It's not someone doing it anymore. It's just that there's been um, so much um, dissolution of the center point mm-hmm. that now is just the spontaneous building of what's new. Yeah. Of the most beautiful thing imaginable. Mm-hmm. Basic needs for everyone. People being free. Play. Joy. Mm-hmm. Abundance, Abundance for all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. just emerging. You know, it's just emerging out of the metaphysics of what's happening on the planet and in consciousness, you know, for thousands of years. Humanity is like finally at that place where we've kind of learned our lessons after repeating them so many times and we're like crying out for help from the universe, you know, like help. We're, we're not doing great down here. We're in fact kind of on the brink of annihilation. Uh, it took, you know, it sometimes it takes that extreme to wake consciousness up to itself to say, Oh, I've got to turn around and go the other direction. So whenever it happens, it's perfect. Cause that's what the universe wanted to experience. Like, as you know, in the law of one through our planet, our planet is an experiment. The logos is running. And so maybe on our experiment, the logos turned up the negative polarity dial a bit so that we'd have a little more negative polarity energy throughout our history than other planets maybe do seems to be what raw kind of alludes to. Right. But it, that's still an experiment of how will the light overcome that challenge? How will the light overcome that difficulty? And it always does in the end. So it's always a, a good movie, right? With a great ending. Mm. But um, there's that climax period that we're in right now that can be pretty, uh, you know, you're gripping your seat a little bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun, right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the perfection that it always has been and then the beauty of the role that the body plays in shepherding that new and that beautiful, the free, abundant. It's so it's so exciting, man. And it's, it's always been there when we we're kids. When we we're kids, it's so it was always there, like this these basic needs being met. And it's like, what does a kid do but wake up and especially like in the summer or whatever like mm-hmm. these kids waking up and it's like how do we want to play today yeah and like to have that be where <clears throat> adults are at they're waking up everything's met all right so <clears throat> let's let's do um because we'll we'll spend some we'll spend some time on that um new earth architectures and communities and whatnot we'll spend mm-hmm. some time on that give us give us the bit because I'll, I'll, i'm excited to also talk about actual like the mechanism like the home dao is the mechanism that we designed to help make that that transition and tokens actually being backed by these basic 
needs infrastructures. Mm-hmm. So rather than being backed by nothing. So this is, yeah. so it's great that we have. Everything's backed by nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's great. I love a good non-dual gotcha. <laughs> Everything's backed by nothing. <gasps> yeah. This is so good. So someone in the audience just like reached Satori. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. Oh yes. Oh. Yeah. Like we have um you know, we have an, uh, what, what is an, an evolution of, um, of currency, um, graphic on, uh, oh, wow. on the, on the home Dow website and you can, can you see that? Okay. Yeah. I can. You can see it. Cool. Bitcoin's pumping today too, by the way. Is it? What? Have you seen that? It reached 38. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Let's go new earth. Let's go new earth, baby. <laughs> Yeah, we spent some time um, designing this because, um, and this is sort of what you what you're referencing also in terms of understanding the old monetary systems, yeah. yep. because the old the old monetary systems, um, uh, and you just talked about this on another pod that you did, just mm-hmm. that you know it, instead of having to um, c- carry around all of the stuff, yeah, you could carry around the coin. And yeah. then the coin can exchange whatever you would like. And then and it became a paper paper bill. Yeah. And then and then now it's instead of having centralized <laughs> banks and centralized governments, now there's a decentralized unit of exchange. Mm-hmm. Bitcoins, cryptocurrencies. But that's the other thing is that they're not backed by anything. Right. And home Actually, tokens. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, note, go ahead. On that note that they're not backed by anything, think about how it's interesting. We call it a bill, a dollar bill. Mm. Um, what's a bill? Um, what is a bill? Something that you, you have get to a, pay? If you get a bill? You have to pay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a promise to pay or a request to pay. So that's their IOUs, right? Their paper IOUs. Yeah. Their debt notes, you might call them. Hmm. They don't have any value. They're a exchange, a negotiable instrument. Yep. And so what are we told to pay our debts with? Those hmm. IOU bills, hmm. which are supposed to have equivalent amount of gold, right? So you exchange the IOU and the the bank has to say, okay, this is a bill for us. We owe this person uh, $20 of gold because this is a $20 bill. I'm being billed for $20 of gold. The bank is, not you. And so then they give you $20 worth of gold. So you're giving them the bill that they pay you. And it's whoop, the opposite, isn't it? We pay with debt notes. They, they charge us debt notes for everything. And really that's us. If I give somebody a bunch of debt notes, they're supposed to give me back gold in that value because it's just an IOU, a paper IOU. And so what happens? You just pay a company a bunch of dollar bills and then you get nothing in return, right? So this is part of the way that the finance financial system has been flipped upside down to where we are actually the creditors, but, and they're the debtors, like the government's the debtor, even according to like the, 1933 Emergency Banking Relief Act, where the United States went bankrupt and they basically asked all the citizens to return their gold. Um, Was it Roosevelt, I believe? Roosevelt requested everyone turn in your gold. We have to pay off this debt. We're bankrupt. We're insolvent, right? And that's when the dollar went off the gold standard because the United States went insolvent. So now they're like, well, don't worry. Like, we'll just keep printing these IOU bills 
and we'll just use that to exchange and do business and stuff. And so now they have this ability secretly by pretending they, they went insolvent on purpose is what I'm saying. They went bankrupt on purpose to the Fed so that they could have a good excuse to say, give us your gold. We're going to take the gold, the dollar off the gold standard because now we can just print as much as we want. We have a monopoly printing machine and we're all playing monopoly, but I've got a money printing machine and I'm just printing out bills like crazy, you know, and buying up properties with them and stuff. So that's the micro of our world in the macro is that the banking system works only for the elites, you might call them financial elites, who where all the money keeps getting siphoned to the 1%. And like, you've probably seen this stat of the, uh, was it $12 trillion printed over the pandemic, you know, two to three years, um, 90% of it wound up in the hands of millionaires or billionaires. Mm. So that'd be like, you know, 10 and a half trillion dollars went to the top one percent so it's like you see there it's the game that they're playing and they just have to keep this illusion going through propaganda and whatever else that um you know you need to pay your taxes and this is just the way it is and life is getting harder and harder the dollars getting inflated more and more so our buying power is going down it's like guys when are we going to all stop and say let's all put your money down okay we're being cheated <laughs> mm. let's stop playing the game mm. where we're being cheated. Let's try to reestablish fair rules to the game because mm -hmm. we're all getting effed right now. And so that's what humanity is doing through this kind of common law movement. Mm. Okay. So um, I'll say the last part of this and then you'll say the, the common law movement. So the last part of this is like this amazing emergence of what is now um, decentralization technology. Yeah. So, now we have the we have the ability to actually peg tokens instead of as like a shared hallucination of, yes, of value. Literally, yeah. Um, so now tokens being pegged with HomeDAO to real world sustainable regenerative assets mm -hmm. of basic needs. Mm -hmm. So water wells, food forests, regenerative homes, regenerative community areas wind turbines, solar panels, free yeah. energy devices, self-sustaining, self-sustaining, completely self-sustaining. And with in homesteading through the DAO, the DAO is this mechanism that if you homestead through it within just a period of some years being a, let's say a, what we call a homie of the DAO, a homie of home DAO, mm -hmm. you know, you're basically developing it. Yeah. And as you do so, whether you're shepherding the food forest or whether you're producing content or whether you're actually building the communal spaces of it or whatever, you're actually getting paid in home tokens that you're then using to pay for the homestead. Genius. And so then within hopefully five, seven <clears throat> years, something along those lines, if we can get these, do we can get these 3D printed homes like these beautiful 1,000 plus square foot homes for 150 or so thousand dollars in 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 fiat, but then mm -hmm. like within just some years, you completely all your energy is met, your food is met, the water is met, oh, and the they're housing all regenerative. they're all regenerative, even free energy. At yeah, baby, let's go. Oh my gosh, let's go. That's exciting. Let's go. That's the big one to me. Did you you see the um, the hilarious meme? Uh, I I, I uh, shared it to the story. It's Tesla, Nikola Tesla, uh -huh. wearing a "Make Energy Free Again" on yes. his on his hat. Dude, <laughs> yeah, yes. it's such a funny meme. 
And so that's this is this is the the excitement about this mechanism and what's um, what's possible with you know there's so many communities that are part of our DAO ecosystem, but obviously the DAO itself is the whole thing. It's everything. The DAO is everything, and home DAO is just um, <clears throat> uh, uh, it's basically os osmosis of many DAOs in mm -hmm. a way. So, you know, the com the communities that um, there's ones that are getting set up here in Austin that are starting to work with us, which are, wow. yeah, which are hundreds of acres of land um, or ones that are set up uh, in Europe or in Southern, uh, Central and South America, um, the United States, all these different places. And it's like, dude, the developers that come into the DAO, these homies, they're already developers of like megawatts of energy, of new regenerative energy, or they're, they're inventors that have already built incredible sustainable regenerative buildings or communities. And so this is all, all like the internet, nobody and everybody owns it. The mechanism itself is supposed to obsolete itself. It's supposed to exhaust itself. It's made to make people be free of their basic needs. And then yeah. when that's done and there's money less abundance, then the mechanism's obsolete. <clears throat> And it's freedom. It's pure freedom and joy. And so I love that. Yeah, go ahead and re reply to, to that and, and include some of the, the common law um, stuff. And yeah, yeah let's, let's dance. Well, I love that because so much of this has to be about building parallel systems. And it's the reason I love this is because it's a perfect mirror to how you transcend your own ego is exactly how hum humanity has to transcend our collective ego, which is like the government structure we've built that has this top-down control, wants to control everything it can get its hands on. That's our collective ego we've built to rule yeah, over us. Yeah, daddy government, yeah. yeah, mommy government. I'll do whatever you say, even though all you do is betray me and steal my money, I'll still serve you. Yeah. Please take all of this taxpayer dollar and, mm -hmm. and fuel it into the military-industrial complex. Military-industrial complex, <laughs> child trafficking, you name it. Yeah, you're paying for that stuff, right? It's like, why are you paying these people still? So in that conversation, right, we have to acknowledge the problem first. That's self-awareness. And that's what um, everyone who uses the term conspiracy theorist is still on that side of the awareness spectrum where they everyone who's choosing to just acknowledge reality and be like, all right, this sucks to admit, but child traffickers run the world. It's just a fact. The people who haven't seen that yet or don't have the courage to accept that yet, that like all the most powerful people in the world a huge majority of them are like hardcore child traffickers, right? That's a hard reality to accept. <clears throat> I certainly don't want that to be true. I wish it wasn't true. But if I want to heal humanity, I have to begin by accepting that it is true right now. So how do we bring healing to that? Well, first, we got to bring awareness to it. So there's movies like The Sound of Freedom that just came out that mm -hmm. like broke all these box office records with a tiny little budget. It shows that the collective consciousness of humanity is more and more saying yes to acknowledging these dark truths and looking at our shadow. But people who don't want to look at the shadow will call all those people conspiracy theorists. So it's like, you know, like gaslighting yourself or something. You, you clearly have this gigantic um, narcissistic tendency. And every time you notice it, your mind's like, come on, you're not a narcissist. Like, that's crazy to think that. You're just confident. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you like don't want to look at that shadow. And you've given yourself an excuse not to. So I see this mirror happening everywhere, right? Of what happens within the individual's evolution is exactly what happens at the macro level 
but in like bigger ways. So it's harder to see like mainstream media is another manifestation of the human ego. The part of us that tells us what we want to believe and you know, the information that's convenient, that's controllable. That's what our ego loves to tell us. And that's what the mainstream media does. So there's all these parallels in the systems we've built. We've literally built an external reflection of the human ego in our government, in our monetary system, in our food system, in our healthcare system. We do to humanity exactly what the individual ego does to the individual. And that's why I always say law is 100% spiritual to me. When I talk about law, we're really talking about natural law. All law is natural law eternal truth, right? It can't be violated. It can't be broken or changed. And so that's hundred percent spiritual, but even beyond that, like law is non-physical. We all, we all know that I can't be like, Hey Atlas, can you please hand me a law and put it in my hand? And you're like, here you go. Here's us code 18, And there it is. No, right. It's non-physical. And what is non-physical is spiritual. We could call it right. So law is spiritual. Cause it's all about knowing who you are common law. It has to begin with knowing who you are. And from there you understand what your rights are. So I am a child of the creator. I am made by God and I am endowed with the free will that God itself has these kind of basic things. But because there's only God, that means everyone else is God too. Everyone else is equal under God's eyes. So all should be treated equally. And that's like, basic morality 101 that nobody on any side would disagree with even the um the uh negatively polarized elites of the world let's say who are running the world economic forum and have the worst plans for humanity even they would give lip service to that right and be like everyone's equal all should be treated fairly the negative path will still say that but if we don't recognize it we'll we'll keep creating these systems that enslave us because we're not really aware of the equality of all beings. Like, and these are the basic needs you're talking about that until we can meet everyone's basic needs, we should have no other priority, let alone be sending a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine and to Israel for foreign wars. Like these things I should be upsetting it. to everyone. Cause it should be seen as this is crazy. We don't even have our basic needs met and we're spending how much money to kill people overseas. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Rants over. So just like, um, uh, I want to give the what we uh, what we said earlier was if we got the alpacas. Yes, I wanted to get the alpacas. We'll, we'll uh, let's get the some co-hosts. Let's get some co-hosts in here. So <laughs> let's uh, get that get that camera over there. There it is. Beauty. Yeah, there we, we got our beautiful alpacas joining us. Yeah, just that really in that natural state, just innocence and just no ideas. I was thinking about that a minute ago, watching them. When you watch any animal, you can do this thought experiment. But as we know, through like the densities model, through the chakras, every chakra is a new level of spiritual intelligence. And so animals having only the red and orange ray chakras and activation, um, that's the kind of like base animal nature and like personal nature. And then we humans have the third one naturally activated, which makes us the ego and the, the personality we are. So it's like, that's you without any egoic structure whatsoever. That's what's left of you is like that base animal nature to just be and like get your basic needs met. 
Yeah. But you're not thinking about anything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Second density. And that's in you, that stillness, yeah. but you have to find it. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's beautiful because it's always already, especially with the child, it's always already innocent, they're free without that structure. And then there's all these conditioned ideas that are just like picked up and it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm mm -hmm. separate and I'm unworthy and I have to prove myself and mm -hmm. I have to earn validation and... Oh, uh, oh, I lack and I need and, yeah. and I know and look at all my ideas and my concepts and validate my concepts and ideas. And there's, there's a, there's, <clears throat> there's all kinds of dualities of right and wrong and awake and asleep and all kinds of things. And so now, um, I have to attain uh, a big trophy and gold star, which is enlightenment and then be validated for that. And, um, and so then that this, this becomes, uh, or attain material possessions and jets and yachts and watches and, and girls and houses and whatever it is. And by attaining those things then, and it's, it's beautiful actually hearing more and more. <coughs> I mentioned this, um, did you, do you ever watch a Theo Vaughn's this past weekend? I've seen clips. He just had Tucker Carlson on. I saw some of those clips. Cool. And there was a segment where Theo was talking about how he, how he finally, um, uh, he finally attained, um, uh, the, like a couple of years ago, some of the monetary success that he was seeking. Uh -huh. And then what, what hit him was like a, like a knife was just like, dude, that wasn't it. That wasn't what I projected out was like, I'm going to get this. And then that's going to be wholeness. That's mm -hmm. going to be freedom. That's going to be unconditional yeah. love. And then it wasn't it. And that same pattern is happening all over the place. It's like, I can't get satisfied by the objects yeah. or by attainments or whatever it is. I can't get satisfied by it. So I'm insatiably going for more, 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 mm -hmm. more from a place of lack. Because the... Um, you could say like the expansion from, from wholeness is like, you know, new earth communities and whatnot. And, um, but when expansion's coming from that contracted center point, it's like, I'm not going to be whole until I get all of this stuff to fill this insatiability. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's like this, this childlikeness that's pre preconditioned, unconditioned, whatever you want to say. Yeah. And it's in the dog, it's in the cat too. It's just coming up for like, you know, that licking or that, that meow, you know, and it's like, that's, it's always been there. Like mm -hmm. that's always been there. And absolute yeah. presence, like nothing outside of the present moment is happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you were talking about the conditioned beliefs, we were talking about parents and their children. A lot of parents do this where they'll grow up really, really poor but they don't let their children know that they're poor. They try to never talk about or complain about it in front of their kids. Uh, my parents did that to a certain extent. We were pastors, and so they never were wealthy by any means. Kind of like lower middle class, teetering on the lower class, paying rent, just getting by. So there's a lot of financial stress and stuff, but they said that they always tried their best to make it not apparent to us. Even like Christmases where they could only get us like one gift you know, they made it a childlike thing of like, you're going to get one big gift this year. And that is, it's beautiful that parents do that, obviously. 
But what they're basically saying is like, let's not transfer our nightmare to our children. You know, let's not transfer that nasty label that we're stuck with, poor, lacking to our child because they recognize the innate innocence of the child that doesn't have a concept of lacking its basic needs. Mm. A child doesn't even know what that means Mm. initially, right? Basic needs are already seen as being abundant and omnipresent. Mm. So the child doesn't have that stress in its mind and it's just living more childlike. So the aging is really just like concept collecting Mm. or conditioning piling up. And we call it aging, but really what we are doesn't age. It it is that Mm. innocence. We just have to strip off the layers Mm -hmm. of the concepts we've piled on top of it. I love a concept collection. Yeah. With what doesn't age. (laughs) What a paradox. (laughs) And so the Ashtavakar Gita says so many famous Eastern texts say things like, The master is a child, or as Jesus said, you must become like a child if you want to enter the kingdom. That's what it's pointing to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hell yes. Hell yes. Okay. So gosh. And I mean, then that's also circles us to the start of the pod too, where that's just, there's just, that's just it. Like whatever. Like just that whatever. And it was This is your life. (laughs) 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 You know? Um Yeah, like like waking up and just playing with those basic needs being met, whatever it is. And so okay. So now um, you know, you were you were you were sharing with us a bit about um the Wait, what do you, what do you use as like the the label or the terminology? Some say like matrix control system or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, what what do you use as sort of like the label? We we use as a label for the we call it new earth or like these basic needs architectures infrastructures. Like we we call it that. Like in mm-hmm. terms of those new earth communities, what, what do you usually use when you say the old stuff? Some people call it the matrix or matrix control system. What do you usually old earth? What do you what do you usually use Mm -hmm. as a as a word for what you've been sharing collective ego is what feels most accurate for me but i don't use that a lot because i know that that doesn't mean to others to most people what it means to me so the matrix is a convenient label for that because we all have that movie in mind of what a matrix is It, it appears to be real but it's all fake we get that and the matrix is a nice easy summary of that um but really the matrix is all the shared hallucinations that you talked about. And really just like, I've actually had this thought recently that humanity would probably have reached collective enlightenment, you know, thousands of years ago, if we lived long enough to remember the past, but -hmm. because we have such short lifespans, you know, less than a hundred years, which is like super short. We don't even remember by the, by the time a new communist takeover attempt happens or a new war breaks out or a new crisis or pandemic breaks out. Nobody alive remembers the past one. They weren't alive for it, mm. you know? So it's a new stimulus to them and they get they get sucked into the propaganda all over again, just like their grandparents did in their generation. It's cause like if we live to be probably even 200, we would all have been alive through many cycles of proxy wars and uh, communist takeover attempts. We've seen it all happen already. And that's why we see this. The younger generation is, again, getting duped into the propaganda because they don't actually know what it is, communism, Marxism, and what it leads to. They're told an idealistic version of it. And 
that's what has happened to every generation before them where that, you know, whether in Russia or Germany where these things happen. So mankind just keeps repeating the same mistakes is what I'm getting at, partially because we just don't live very long. So we don't gain the wisdom that we probably need to gain. And even in the law of one, Ra actually says, right, that that's why they came to the Egyptians 11,000 years ago, because they were only living to like 33 years old. And so Ra's social memory complex, you know, seeing this happening on earth was like, oh my gosh, that's a big problem. We got to go help these people. So it is like, it is seen as, I think, I think they say third density was intended to be a thousand year lifespan. And, you know, in the Bible, there's like old, few old passages that allude to, um, their ancient ancestors, whoever wrote the Bible's ancestors, Methuselah and stuff, who lived to be like 700, 900. And I never really took that seriously as a kid. But now that I'm older, I'm like, I absolutely think, you know, whether 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, people were living that long. But Ross says because tribalism, separation, consciousness took more of a foothold on the planet and we started separating into tribes and groups and then countries and then go to war tons of killing tons of death it just lowered the planet's frequency so much that earth is only able to host a very short lifespan now or perhaps the earth's intelligence chooses to lower the lifespan as an act of mercy on the collective who is doing such insane things to each other that it's like let's make this nightmare of a lifetime a little bit shorter for these poor beings because they're in a nightmare they're in hell right now and so that's why reaching heaven is to raise the frequency of the planet back into unity the awareness of our oneness where i think once we reach that more on a collective level we'll start seeing humans living 200 300 500 years you know in the future and that'll be the normal lifespan i think it's a reflection of our you know our collective frequency mm. Yeah, what you're what you're saying there, the word that you you use is like a collective ego. When you were saying that, there was a there was a good way for that came up here to say it as like sort of that's like the illusion of a center point, and like when um, <clears throat> when there is that, then it's like um, you'll have the the like the Sackler thing happen. Um, you'll have Purdue Pharma happen. Basically, you'll have an opioid epidemic happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that, like, that's like the pattern that manifests, or like whatever those kind of like those influencers are that all they do is talk about material possessions and um, getting more followers and getting more objects and getting more um, <clears throat> sexual objects and whatnot, yeah. like. That's sort of like the, or the, whatever those major uh, companies are like uh, BlackRock and whatnot, those major firms that have so much assets under management and whatnot. Like that's sort of like the, in a way also like a, 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 a manifestation of, of like, <clears throat> like sh shareholders that uh, just can't get, can't fill, can't fill what seems to be missing. <clears throat> Um, or even on a, on a micro level, it's like in the conversation, it becomes about m wanting to be validated. Yeah. It becomes about like, here's, here's, here's what my, my, my story or my experiences and, you know, and, um, you know, li listen to, listen to it and then I'll validate it. I'll validate yours. And then, mm -hmm. you know, um, we'll both have a strengthened ego and go on our way. <laughs> yeah. 
it's just like it is like a bit of a jerk off session in totally. a, in a way <laughs> in a jerk off session. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. so I like that you're talking about the chasing outcomes and desires because to me that's one of the pillars of what ego is. I like to call it the three beliefs of ego. First belief is lack. So that feeling you have that you're fundamentally incomplete in some way that you need you need to fulfill yourself somehow. That's that is what the ego is, right? It is the belief in lack. But then secondly, the the next belief is an extension of the belief in lack, which is the that that urge you feel to chase pleasure in the world, all the things you mentioned, right? Sex, drugs, rock and roll. There's this this compulsion in me to go chase something outside myself. And when I get it, I really believe it's going to make me happy. That is also what the ego is, right? And so those are like two different beliefs. They're kind of the same belief, but for me, it's helpful to split them into one and two. And then comes the third and final belief, which is the extension of that urge to go fulfill myself in the world with pleasure is the belief in control or mm. like personal doership mm -hmm. that I actually can act separately from life and manipulate life into my favor yeah. how I want it to be. I'm something separate, right? So I act apart from life. I'm an individual actor. That's the third belief. And I can't find anything outside of those three beliefs that the ego is or does. You know, like everything it does falls into one of those three camps. It's lack, attachment, or control. Mm. And those three whips mm -hmm. are running us all the time. Mm -hmm. And then what a manifestation of that in our society. It's all about lack. Everyone's dirt poor. Money's hard to come by. We create this scarcity culture. And then everyone wants, you know, the sex symbols, the, the shiny objects, the luxurious things. Everybody thinks that's what's going to fulfill mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So everybody is working for those things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the belief that we are uh, apart from one another or apart from life yeah. it drives the rest of the actions to make us hate each other, judge each other separate into tribes and stuff. It's all our attempt mm -hmm. to control mm -hmm. everything. Right, right. Isn't isn't it isn't that nuts um that the um people like people of a same land um that have been on the land for so long. Right. And then somehow there's like whatever that illusory border that is drawn. And then these people of the same land, like of the same culture same food and music and stuff like that, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they have another label slapped on top of them, which is the nationality that is now separate. Mm -hmm. And then because of that separate nationality, then there's, fuck you, you're lesser. And so it's kind of crazy that like, that there's all these um, like manifestations of that center pointedness and, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that, um, even even the ideas of of like of lacking or um or uh, attachment or control even those things come from in a way that there is an entity there is a center point there is or like the last one there is a controller or a doer there's someone inside that is able to that it's not the sky that it's not already the wind mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> and there's something solid there that that's not the sky or not the wind. Right. There's a boundary somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we talked about the alpacas a minute ago, like that's what you're saying is so true. Like the ego, the ego can't be the ego. If you subtract any one of those three ingredients, it's no longer what we consider ego anymore. So for example, you have lack and you definitely have attachments, you know, desires to go get something in the world, sex, pleasure, money. 
but you have no belief or thought that you're an individual actor to who can go do those things. Then you're still just like an alpaca chewing the grass, meeting its basic needs, but full of this pent up desire for things that you can't go chase after. So like, that's definitely not the ego either. The ego is absolutely the part of us that does and wants to go chase after things. So it's, they're a, they're a foundation, right? Like each one rests upon the previous. And I think they also are root chakra, sacral chakra, solar plexus chakra, because even the beliefs themselves kind of show the representatives of those energy centers. The root is the animal nature, right? Basic primal survival. So lack is that driver for primal survival. The reason that the animal is always hunting for food and wants to reproduce is because it has this urge inside of itself that it needs to get something or do something because it's lacking something. So it's like not bad, right? It's what makes mother nature run only in the animal that's innocent because it's not self-aware of its lack yet. So it's like there's lack, but that's not a problem because I just go meet my needs type of thing. But then as you progress up the energy centers at the orange ray, you become more of the personal self. There's a distinction between myself and my environment that happens. Just briefly, maybe even the word, um, it's like a more like a natural whatever response or a spontaneous thing, which is like the body goes to get water or the yeah. body goes to get food. It's like, because it's almost like we're kind of adding a label of like lack and needing to fill it. But it's kind yeah, of, there's no it, concept it's of just lack. A na- it's like a natural body function. It's a function of a body. Totally. Water. <laughs> Food. instinctual yeah it's yeah. Like, yeah like the body needs water and the, the intelligence of the body knows it needs water but there isn't like a feeling of lack in the animal because it can't self-reflect like that to make an idea out of lack so for the the body's intelligence like it knows it's one with the environment so i just have to walk over there and drink the water it's not lacking in any way i'm just in relationship to different things at different times you know hmm. So, but as we go up the chakras, then we get to the solar plexus, the yellow ray, and that's where ego finally comes online when there's self-awareness or self-referencing, I like to say, where you can think about yourself as an individual object in your environment and then past and future and then Mm -hmm. economies, monetary systems, everything else we see that manifests in third density. It's quite a leap for consciousness. You know, like consciousness makes these huge leaps at every density level, but nevertheless, we're on that precipice of going fourth density now. And so we can look back at third density and all of its amazingness and still say, but there's a whole lot of problems to clean up at this level still, you know, the corruption and stuff. So third density consciousness will serve us in the fourth density once it's purified, but that's what we're doing now, right? Yeah, I love the um, that self-awareness or self-consciousness or... Um, or knowing as a as a individual object is another something that doesn't have a bounds or that doesn't have objects or that is nothing everythinging to then say that no this is knowing it's knowing like even before all that other stuff knowing knowing that this is something knowing that this is something that this is entity that this is separate that this is name that this is time and space with others and ideas Mm -hmm. knowing knowing all of that like whereas wind like the simple like these tree leaves 
you know, like there's no knowing, not even a little bit of knowing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's just spontaneous arising. It's so beautiful. (laughs) You want people to see it so bad. And even like, even like saying like, like want, like wanting to see like, it's like it is already the wind and it's like there's no one that could hear it and there's no one that's saying it and like that's the freedom and the beauty that it is and so like even that thing of like wanting okay well now i know what it is and now (laughs) i I know know what it is and now (laughs) i will impart this knowing onto those that don't know that's a whole beautiful trap (laughs) (laughs) And it's still what's appearing. Um, yep. It's still beautiful, but... Um, A beautiful trap appearing. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. yes. It's a it's a, such a precious gem, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then this... Yeah, I just... I love all the... Ma- all the manifestations of that are, uh, are so um, beautiful with all the different, like, robes and um, all of the different... Uh, fancy silly hats and uh all the different accolades mm-hmm. and uh titles titles <laughs> holier than thou yeah um please kiss my feet mm-hmm. <laughs> big trap watch out danger and it's like there's a baby the baby has none of that mm-hmm. none of that the baby doesn't know who to bow to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whose feet to kiss Oh, just like like just grab another child and it's like let's play let's go play outside let's you know um whatever whatever with games and balls and whatever's happening i love it (laughs) yeah yeah um okay so let's see um how about um let's 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 wrap up on how um we you you know I, I like how you said that it's like the that collective ego which you also saw in the videos is like separation porn is one way that I mm-hmm. also described what was uh, happening apparently and <clears throat> and so now um, there's a, a a transition into this new earth basic needs being met that kind of thing so um, how so how what 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 are you what are you like excited about or honed in on or how are you sharing that transition? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this will be a, a long wrap up then. Um, so I'll I'll do my best to summarize this. This is one of those topics that like is truly profoundly life altering, and I'm like careful about who I drop it on because. Um, it needs to be given due justice, you know, like if it's explained. So um, I'll preface that as I say this, that like this conversation is in the very best way. Um, so paradigm shifting that like, you'll probably remember watching this podcast right now as you hear me talk about it. And that's this concept of the legal fiction we mentioned, the straw man, which gets to the heart of this collective ego idea. And the very short abridged summary is that when you're born, the United States government essentially creates a corporation out of your name it's uh like a business trust essentially and, and let's break this down as we go a little bit so when the when that there's that 
um, the body that that is apparently born that there is that um, label right away, yeah. which is this is the this is the name, this is the date of birth. This is what it is. This is what it is. Um, this is the social security number uh, mm-hmm. a, a registered yeah. to it. The birth okay. certificate gets a QCIP number, and then later you get your social, which has its own number. And the so, your social, well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, so they make a corporation out of your name. And if you think about the etymology of corporation, it's very interesting. Um, corp oration. So corp is obviously from corpse, corpus. Body. I believe in Latin, yeah, which is like body or dead. Okay. The dead corpse. Oration means... Or speaking? Yes. Mm. So corporation, the word, literally means the dead speaking or dead speak. Mm. And so that's why they call things like Facebook, McDonald's, Burger King, corporations, because they are dead entities, also sometimes called artificial, an artificial person. Mm-hmm. That's a corporation. Mm-hmm. And that's because it doesn't exist, right? It's a total illusion. Um, I always use this example of when Facebook got called into court for colluding with the government to censor election stuff, Trump and Biden, and they had to report to the federal or Supreme Court. Did we see a Facebook logo bounce into court and sit in front of the mic? And I am Facebook, the entity known as Facebook. That's such a funny. Who who showed up? The Facebook logo bounced. <laughs> Think about it, right? Into the scene. Yeah. How can Facebook appear in court? Yeah. There is no Facebook. So Mark Zuckerberg shows up. Hi, I'm here to represent Facebook. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the representative. I'm the acting agent of this corporation because it doesn't exist. So a corporation is kind of like a legal veil or shield that a person, a living person can like wear for like legal protection or, you know, like all the stuff that Facebook does illegally that broke all these federal laws, someone's going to have to pay. So instead of throwing somebody in jail, like all of the employees, the everyone can deflect blame on someone else and be like, I was just doing what I was told. My boss told me to do that. My boss told me to censor that person. So what's the boss's fault? The boss said, well, they told me to do it. And at the end of the day, it's like, all right, Facebook is just a corrupt corporation. Everyone's in on the corruption. So let's just make them pay us a lot of money. So they just charge the company Facebook a couple billion or whatever. And then the lawsuit settled and they move on. But like what should really happen under the law is that like everybody should go to jail for that crime mm. because it was people that did that. People mm. tried to steal the election, right? Not a company called mm. Facebook. So we're already like two steps removed from reality in the world we live in because everything has been made into a corporation, mm-hmm. including you. So including the bodies themselves. Including the bodies so, themselves. So you said that the, the corporation um, is kind of like a, that bo- it's a bound in a way. Mm-hmm. It's a, a defense, bound, a defense, a shield. And then, then it can also be used at that at that level of a, of a, a multinational um, mm-hmm. corp, corporation. Yep. And then there's an, a nation itself being a corporation. Yep. So there's kind of like, like the United States. Yes. Is a corporation. So your corporation is your all caps name. Anywhere you see your name in all capital letters, that's how corporations are listed in the law. The all caps names on your birth certificate, your social security, your driver's license, any bill you get charged is always your all caps name, like in the mail. And then when you get, uh, when you want to apply for a loan or a credit card or anything financial, they always ask for your what? Um, Your social security? Yes. Yeah. They always need your social security. Why? Well, because- Your penis girth? 
do they ask you for <laughs> they what they do is they make a trust bank account it's called your treasury direct account some people also call it the sesta qv trust and it's basically them backing the dollar by human labor so it literally is like the matrix the world we live in in that when neil wakes up in the matrix he's inside of this egg shell thing on the side of a giant machine that's harvesting his energy as a battery. And he looks and he just sees batteries plugged into machines everywhere. And every human is being siphoned for their life force energy. That's actually what is happening in the sense that when the 1933 Emergency Banking Relief Act happened, they passed HJR 192, which is the House Joint Resolution 192. And that's where they said, hey, we're insolvent. So we have to give up all our assets to our um, who we're in debt to, which was the Federal Reserve. So that's why they said, hey, all you citizens, give us your gold, because it's really our gold, because you're our corporate entity, you're our employees, basically. So give us your gold, we'll give it to the feds to pay off some of our debt. And then what we'll do is we'll just have these debt notes go in circulation that aren't backed by gold anymore. And so if they took the dollar off the gold standard in 1933, then the question is, what did they back the dollar by? Because it has to be backed by something. And what they backed it by was human labor in that every person who's born gets a dollar value estimation. I believe now it's $5 million is where your account starts at. Because they basically said, and this is very intelligent of these kind of mustache twirling villains who did this, is that they realized what's more valuable than gold? What's more valuable than silver? Well, obviously a person is way more valuable than gold, right? Because a person can start businesses, work jobs, have loans, take out loans, do business deals, create products. A person is like unlimited potential for the economy, right? And you could even be an Elon Musk for all they know. So just like by virtue of existing, every human being is given an inherent value of $5 million by the Fed. And then from there forward, every job you work, every loan you take out, every credit card you swipe, everything you do adds to your account balance because you're, it's backed by your labor and your labor is infinite, right? You can work and do as much as you wanna do. So every time that you write a signature, your signature is what prints money or allows them the ability to print more money because if you wanna buy something, you have this, because the dollar's backed on your credit now, you have basically unlimited money in your TDA. And so when you buy that $5,000 thing, they have to add $5,000 to your account. So the problem is they never told you about your account. And they never told you that they backed the dollar by your human labor and by everybody's human labor. Why? Because they want to keep it all to themselves. So what they do is these accounts grow to hundreds of millions of dollars or billions by the time you're our age and they trade them on the bond market. They bond them, securitize them, and trade them. So like your social security account, your birth certificate is also a financial instrument with a QCIP number on it. They bond all those things together and trade them on the, on the bond market like stocks. So like you're like a stock to them in that when you start making money, all the money that goes into your bank account has to be reported to the Fed. So they know exactly how much money you're making unless you have crypto or something. And so they're always adding to your account balance and they print the equivalent amount of debt notes. So that 36, $33 trillion of debt America is in, those are actually the unclaimed securities of its citizens that the United States needs to pay them back for. So their debt, in other words, 
United States debt is not really to the Federal Reserve. It's to the people whose labor they're collateralizing. Hmm. So to paint that picture, we have this collective ego in the sense that we're all identified with a false self, the all caps name. And we keep signing documents claiming to be the all caps name when really we're not that corporate entity, Mm -hmm. the all caps Aaron Scott Abke. Mm -hmm. That's a company that the United States Corporation made at my birth. Mm -hmm. I am the living man. I can call myself whatever I want. Mm -hmm. You know, I can change my name every day if I want. Mm -hmm. So you have to make a distinction in the law of who you are in comparison to the artificial person. Mm -hmm. And so you do that through affidavits and certain documents where you swear under penalty of perjury. Like I know who I am. I am the living man, Aaron of Aaron Scott of the house of Abke is what I say. Um, and I am the, I am now the acting agent of the all caps name. Basically I'm power of attorney. I'm the agent. And the reason that's powerful is because this is where all the power falls back into our hands in the legal matrix we're all trapped in is that we are living and alive and can do things and corporations are dead and do not exist and can't do anything. So there's something in the law called an an unrebutted affidavit where the way that if two people are in a conflict in law, you're supposed to write a document where you claim everything that you swear under penalty of perjury is true and correct. This is what happened. This is what I saw. This is what I did. I swear on the Bible that's true. And then you sign it. You get it notarized. Now that's a legal document of truth that you can submit in a court of law. And so you present me your affidavit. And then if I disagree, I have to write my own affidavit and sign it and swear under penalty of perjury. So we have to do the honorable thing and swear on the Bible, which is what law is based on. And that's considered honorable in, in law. And so if you say, I am the principal of this account, I am the acting agent of this all caps name, and I'm the living man, not the all caps name. I swear this is true under penalty of perjury. What corporation is going to write their own affidavit to rebut yours? Hmm. Right. Nobody. Because Mr. Facebook can't write an affidavit. If Facebook wants to write an affidavit, somebody who works there has to write one claiming to represent Facebook and put their ass on the line. So this is the way that people are discharging debts now is that um, on the money conversation, this is where the parallel between abundance, infinite abundance and lack is, is that you have never, this goes for everybody listening, but I'm going to say it to you. You have never borrowed money from anybody in your life. You've always borrowed your own money. Yeah, 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 exactly. You've always borrowed your own money and they've loaned you your money from your TDA account that you don't know exists. That's worth hundreds of millions. They just give you the loan because that's why they need your social. That's the checking account number of your account. Um, to then loan you your own money. So they don't put up any of their own collateral. Like banks never loan anyone a cent of their own money. They, they tap into your TDA account and they loan it to you. And then they tell you, you need to pay them back. The TDA acronym stands for again. Treasury Direct Account. Treasury Direct. So at the United States Treasury, your social security account is really a TDA account that's worth way more than they say you're going to get when you retire. And you said it starts at five million. I think it starts at about five million. That's what I've heard from people who like used to work at the SSA or the IRS, but it's, it's held at the treasury. And so they tap into your treasury direct account and they take whatever money you've getting the loan for loan it to you and then say, now pay us back with interest. 
So it's like they're triple robbing you or triple dipping you. Mm. They didn't put up anything of their own, right? Mm. A loan is supposed to be, this is my money. Mm. I will loan to you and trust you with. Mm. So there's no equal consideration. Mm -hmm. The bank puts up nothing. The credit card company puts up nothing. They risk nothing. And then they make you pay them back your own money with interest. Mm -hmm. So you're the slave and they're the the master in that relationship. So what people are doing now is saying... It's called a conditional acceptance. This is one of the many ways to discharge debt. And this is essentially the method I used to discharge my Camaro. I used a different discharge method for my other car. But you, you send a letter to the bank or to the, uh, in my case, the car loan company, Bank of America, and you return them their written presentment. And you say, I conditionally accept this bill. Like, I'll pay this if you can just validate the debt for me. And validation of debt is required under UCC law, consumer mm-hmm. law. Um, If someone says you owe them a debt, they have to be able to prove that to you. Mm -hmm. Nobody can just say you owe them a debt and not prove it. So when you're conditionally accepting, you're not in conflict. And judges need conflicts to drag people into court. If there's no conflict, they can't pull you into court. Mm -hmm. So you're like, hey, brother, thank you for this bill. I really appreciate it. I would love Mm -hmm. to pay this bill, actually. Um, I just need you to validate the debt for me. And then we're good. And I'll pay it. And you're putting the ball back in their court. And guess what? Everything that they're doing on their end is fraud. And so they can't prove the debt. They can't validate the debt because they never did give you any of their own money. They can't show you the bookkeeping where they lost $20,000 and deposited it into your account because it never happened. They loaned you your money, right? Mm. So this is another reason why when bills come in the mail, uh, you get a credit card bill, let's say, it's always written in a positive balance not a negative balance, Hmm. but they're telling you it's a debt, but debts are supposed to be written in a negative balance. That's basic accounting. Credits are positive. Mm -hmm. Debts are negative. They say you owe us uh, $5,000 and here's a bill for 5,000 and it doesn't have a negative sign in front of it. That's because they're extending you your own credit, Hmm. but they write on the bill. This is a, this is a debt. So that's a lie. It's a total lie, but they write it. And so if you believe the lie, another parallel, if you believe the lie, then you will pay them money for something you don't owe. So the way to get remedy under the law is to basically put the truth into action on your behalf and say, yeah, yeah, I'll pay this bill. Just prove to me that you actually gave me that 5,000 of yourself and they can't. And then you do something called the administrative process, which is like a three to four letter sequence where you just give them like two to three opportunities to give you remedy. You say, hey, give me 30 days. I, I need in 30 days, prove to me I owe you a debt and then I'll pay it. And they, they'll play dumb with you. They'll say, we don't, we don't know what you're talking about. Pay the bill or you're going to get a late fee. They'll ignore you or whatever. And then you send another letter that says like notice of liability. Hey, you, you um, defaulted on our agreement to validate the debt. I'm going to give you one more opportunity to cure. You have another 15 days to validate this debt. And then they don't and they default again. And then you issue them a notice of uh, dishonor, which says, hey, you've defaulted twice on our agreement. I'm the one who's being truthful and honest here, and you're not. So I'm going to take you to court. And you go to the court with all your document proof. You send everything certified mail. So you have a certified copy that they received your document on this date. So they can't say, we never got those letters, right? Mm. So you hold them to nothing but the truth. And you let the truth fight your battles. And because under UCC law, they have to be able to show the bookkeeping where they did put up equal consideration and they can't and they never will. Then the judge says case dismissed and discharges the debt. 
And sometimes if you can, if you want to go after them for violating laws, you can get like five to $10,000 per violation because it's part of UCC law and USC law that if any of these codes are broken, it's a $10,000 penalty or $5,000 penalty. So some people are going after it that way. I don't like the fighting approach too much. I just like the coming in honor, coming in peace, just to find out what's true. And what's true is it's all fraud, right? So this is the movement I'm talking about where people are waking up to the fact that can we, you can you walk the example through of how it's like discharging like a debt on a car or something like you were saying? Mm-hmm. So what what is that then? Like because you, you, one has to take out a, a loan, uh-huh. let's say for a for a purchase of a car, or maybe if you're not able to just drop all the cash money on it or whatever. Right. Okay, so but but then what, what, what's the, what's happening there? Yeah, then? so. So the guy, so I bought my Camaro from a, a cop, a, a young guy in Dallas when I lived in Denver and I drove down here to meet him and, um, I had the loan taken out from the bank. It was like 50 K, uh, for the car. And so I gave him the check from the bank that they loaned me. So he went and deposited it in his bank account and had a great time with it. But I turned around and sent the bank a letter when after they sent me my first bill to say, Hey, you know, your first payments due, you owe us, uh, you know, 650 bucks. I just basically said, Hey, I would be happy to pay this. Um, just validate that this is in fact a debt. And then they play hassle with you for about three to six months. For me, it was like six months. I just keep returning all their presentments with a conditional acceptance. I'll be happy to pay this. If you can validate the debt, UCC one dash, I can't remember the law. And you're always citing the law for them so they can see I'm acting lawfully here. And that also looks really good in court when one person's sticking to laws. You can never be um, you can never be judged for having a wrong understanding of the law. So even if you try to cite a law and you're like, this law says you can't do that. And you go to court and the judge says, well, you kind of misinterpreted that law there. They can do that. You can never be punished for that, right? You'll never be punished for trying to abide by the law. You just may not win the case, but they won't punish you for it. So that's why it's honorable always to use the law, which is like a metaphysical representation of natural law, right? I want to live in perfect obedience to the truth. That's all we do to get remedy, which is so cool. Like what a perfect parallel to the, um, the journey of transcendence, right? We transcend the false nature, our false identifications through sticking to the truth. I am not this body. I'm not this person. I am the eternal self. And we have to continue identifying with that self until eventually it becomes our experience. And it's no different in this journey. When people wake up to this, it's this terrifying realization. Oh no, they they made a corporation out of my name. And it's like a corporate slave that they own. And it can be scary for people to wake up to this. But I say, yeah, that's all true. But you have nothing to fear because now that you're awake to who you are, now you have all the power. You just have to learn how to use your power which means learn the law and learn how to use the law. But people are doing it by the thousands now. And I'm so you, actually, so you do that with the Camaro uh-huh. for a couple of times. And then what happens after those six months then? Eventually, um, the, you can go to either arbitration it's called where it's all done through the mail. Like the court proceedings are done through the mail. I worked with a guy named Brad Tipton who helps people discharge basically for a living. And so he says, after you've sent them six presentments or more, uh, endorsing their presentment with a conditional acceptance. If they're still sending you them, because the bank will just do that forever. Like they don't, they don't lose anything by always sending you bills in the mail, but you have to return it 
under the law. Like if you don't return it with the correct response, like silence is acquiescence in the legal world. If somebody sends you a bill and you don't respond and say either, yeah, here's the money or no, I don't owe you money then the, they can take you to court and be like, pay up. And the judge will make you pay up because you didn't, you acquiesced, right? So you have to respond to all their presentments. Otherwise they can get you that way. But after about six, he contacts the court. And I, I don't know exactly what he does, but he basically shows all the documents, the green return receipts. And then the judge just closes the case uh, with the bank. So then it shows up like on my credit score, it just shows up as account charged off. So I didn't have to hmm. pay the rest of the balance. And then they stopped sending me stuff in the mail. So it's called discharging. Interesting. So there's like a, a card that is uh, that is wanted, and then there's a, a, a loan that uh, the bank gives for it, and then the you you give that amount of money to the person for the title and the uh -huh. car. They go deposit it, and then you go through the sequence, and then you're discharged yep. of owing a, a debt of mm -hmm. fifty grand. Because I I don't actually owe a debt. That's the truth. When you said like the bank gives you the loan, that'd be the one correction is they actually didn't give me a loan. Like the bank didn't loan me anything. They tapped into my hidden bank account that I was never the, told about. The, T, the TDA, TDA, the Treasury Direct Account. And they loaned me my own money. They gave 50 from your own yeah. like TDA. Yep. From your SSN's TDA. Yep. That's why they need my social security number. Mm. Like even under SSA law, it says no one can ask you for your social. It says that. And nobody can can punish you for not giving your social. So like a credit card company or something, they're not allowed under law, by the law, to refuse to open your account if you don't give them your social. But they do, right? If you don't give a credit card company your social, they will not open a credit line for you. They'll keep asking you for your social. Why? Because they don't want to give you their own collateral. They want to siphon your collateral and loan it to you so they can triple dip you, right? So that's why we see mm. the balance of power mm. the way it is where corporations have like unfathomable amounts of money and the individuals, the people are more and more getting more and more poor as time goes on because there's this wealth transfer happening where it's like a giant, you know, thing that's siphoning all the money and the life force energy from the people. And we're like playing into the system. Mm. We're still paying our taxes. We're still taking out loans, paying high interest rates when mm -hmm. they're collateralizing our labor mm -hmm. and and making money off of it without us knowing it. So it's absolutely in every sense of the word enslavement, but it's like the 14th amendment that was supposed to have ended um, like African-American slavery. It didn't actually end slavery. It just made slavery commercial because the 14th amendment is what gave the government the right to create a artificial person out of your name. The legal fiction, the straw man, the all caps name the 14th amendment is the power that granted them the right to do that. And what's really interesting, um, I wish I could almost screenshot this to you. There's a tweet from Trump back in like, I wanna say 2018. You won't find it on the internet, but I have it screenshot saved. Mm -hmm. Where, it, do you, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a certain time when like, you know, the mainstream media news outlets were trying to mock Trump for like not knowing the constitution and that was one of the things like like headlines they were running with was like president trump forgets constitution in embarrassing kerfluffle at the white house things like that right and they were trying to pin that on him and he actually does know the constitution really well and so he tweeted back um something like this i almost have it memorized so he says all you people trying to mock me for not knowing the constitution 
do you know what the 14th Amendment did? He said, the 14th Amendment turned you all into legal fictions. And he said, by voting for me or anyone, you committed a treason against your republic form of government. Because when the United States went insolvent in 1933, the, the, gov the republic government collapsed and they made a corporation called the all caps United States. That's why you always see the United States in all capital letters because they're also a corporation. So like a private for-profit business like McDonald's regulated by Dun & Bradstreet, like a business pretending to be a government. So it's like a business model to pretend to be the government and trick people into believing it. Like it's, it's really no different than how a lot of companies trick their customers mm -hmm. into thinking that their product's really great when really we find out five years later it's really shitty pro uh, product. But for five years, they touted we have the best product and everyone should buy it and everyone believed it and bought it. But all along, it was trash. Like That's kind of what the government is, is that they're pretending to be a government, but they're actually a business, doing business as United States, all capitals. So that's another part of the matrix, right, is that this business is hijacking the country and the business is run by bankers, of course, because the United States went insolvent to the banks. So the, it's they're the debtors of the bank. So the banks are really running the government, making the decisions through these corporate veils. So the way you find freedom is to transcend your fictional entity, your corporation, the all caps name, via some kind of sworn document that you send to the president, you send it to the secretary of state, you notify everybody who you are. This is one of the simple processes for status correction. And then you have a public record that you keep a copy of and you have the green return receipt for it. You have a public record that could be used in court where you say, hey, I already notified everybody that I'm not that all caps name. Mm -hmm. Here's my documents, right? President got it, Secretary of State got it, uh, the Treasury got it, IRS got it. And it's, it's very, very simple in that sense. But where people fail in common law is that they, they haven't really grasped the idea yet that they truly are a sovereign being, that nobody has the right to tell you what you can or can't do. The natural law is just the law of do no harm. Right? As long as you're not harming anyone, you have the free will to do whatever you want, and nobody can tell you otherwise. That's the, the law of the land that humanity, uh, let's say the United States, was initially set up under. But again, that's a law form that does not help governments gain power. It keeps governments from gaining power. So all that's happened is the human ego has learned how to game the system over the few hundred years you know, of our, our country's history. And each generation just takes a little more power, right? It just evolves very gradually over time. So there's nobody to blame, once again, for this super corrupt system where they, they weaponize us with fake money and they make fake corporations out of our name they don't tell us about. And that's, that's how they can throw us in jail and fine us for traffic tickets is we keep swearing to be the all caps name. And so they can do whatever they want to the all caps name, mm. right? We're now under a different jurisdiction of law until we know who we are. So I love mm -hmm. the parallels mm -hmm. between law and spirituality because you see like it really all is just a fractal like a repeating pattern at different levels so, so interesting let me try to summarize then so there's a um the old so the old the liberation from the matrix or the old earth systems is what one of the main ways is through this tda is is through no longer in a way um, legally, lawfully identifying mm -hmm. as the all caps name 
and also as the all caps corporation and then this is that so that's kind of um liberation from the um the <clears throat> the old earth systems uh-huh. and then there's um the kind of the 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 body's um playful functionality in building the new earth architectures infrastructures systems basic needs that and so then there's the sort of uh you can do you can do both if you can do both yeah yeah public and private would be what that's called the all caps name only functions in the public that's the corporate realm the legal realm but in the private is like the living man on the land the actual living entity that breathes and has existence that's the private and the public is not allowed to infringe on the private that's also part of law you just have to be able to establish that you're living in the private so like having your money in trusts versus corporate bank accounts is one way mm. a trust is a private uh it's trust law is the highest jurisdiction of law for a number of reasons but it's the most protected form of law because it's the highest jurisdiction so whatever assets you put into a trust for example i mean it's even called trust right it has like a very righteous frequency yeah. to it right you're entrusting your asset into that trust and so nobody can come in and pierce your trust and claim your asset because you actually gave it to the trust. Like, let's say all the money I own, I'm gonna put it in a trust for my son one day. Once I put that money in the trust, I can't like take it back out again if it's an irrevocable trust. So this is like a very noble, honorable thing to do. It's a very noble way to pass down your assets to your children and future generations. And that's what the wealthy elite families have done for a long time, by the way, Rothschilds and Rockefellers. They have huge financial empires because they're not starting from scratch every new generation. Every family for probably a thousand years in those family groups has passed down their wealth to their children through trusts. So every generation builds on what their parents did. And after even just a few generations, but you know, let's say probably a few dozen at least, these families have trillions of dollars in their um, portfolios because they've been accumulating it for so long. So like you and I can wake up to that and do that too and start passing down to our children what we've collected in our lifetime. And that's another spiritual parallel of humanity evolves by passing down wisdom and sacred knowledge to the children and raising the children up to walk in the way of light and love so that they can build on where we went and every generation gets successively a little better than the previous. That's uh, the natural way of things. So we've also been thrown into a matrix where it's like, every generation is cut off from the previous and starts from scratch. And Mm -hmm. that's another kind of picture of how like the fact that we don't live very long makes it hard for our species to evolve. Also because we have to start over every generation back from poverty, you know, and we're all in debt like crazy in this country. Um, we, We can't really get ahead and truly build a life of fun and play and abundance and have our needs met. We have to be in the rat race of the nine to five job and working just to barely pay your rent. That's the matrix, if anything is, is being plugged into that system that's all based on debt, fake money, fake corporations, deception, fraud. That's what the legal system's based out of. It's all illusions, but you buy into it, you know, you play that game, and so you're gonna bear the karmic consequences of playing it. So right now in humanity's breaking free from this matrix, it's a challenge only because so many people are still plugged into the matrix. So when you try to leave the public and live in the private, I keep all my money, I keep all my assets and trusts, 
Um, I don't use big bank accounts anymore because the more and more we move towards this, they're doing more and more shady stuff with your money because technically it's your all caps name money, not yours. So they can do whatever they want with it. So I'm trying to exit the system as much as possible by not identifying as the all caps name. Perfect spiritual parallel. So like when a really wealthy person does business, like a billionaire, they're not doing their own taxes, right? They're not doing their own accounting. They pay somebody to do their accounting and that person acts as their agent, right? That person acts as their financial agent. So they are allowed to sign financial documents in the name of the billionaire CEO. In that same way, you and I can claim to be the agents of that all caps name account because who's going to rebut me? Nobody. And one of the 10 maxims of law says an unrebutted affidavit, an affidavit is a statement of truth. An unrebutted affidavit stands as fact under the law. So you could literally say, I'm a green monkey, sign it, have it notarized. After 90 days, if nobody rebuts you, you could walk into court and claim to be a green monkey and they have to take it as fact. That's how strong an affidavit is. So if you claim to be the agent of the all caps name account, you're claiming, hey, I have full rights to mm. act as the financial agent of that instrument. Mm. Who disagrees? Crickets. Mm -hmm. 90 days, boom. Now under the law, it's a fact. So now I can sign debts away on behalf of that all caps name. That's called discharging, where I can do these things to where I now technically have access to that infinite bank account. I can't actually like get a credit card and like use it as infinite money. They'll never do that. They'll never give you a credit card, but you can use it to discharge liabilities and debts mm -hmm. because again, they have only ever loaned you your money. So when you try to hold them on that fact, they have to eventually acquiesce to the truth. They'll fight you every way to the, through the court system, but eventually the truth will always win. So you gain this confidence as you practice living in the private, living under common law, not commercial law where you're like, yeah, no, the truth really is on my side. I really don't have anything to fear from these big bully corporations and banks and stuff. They have no truth on their side. So why should I be afraid? And then the fear of going to court over these things starts to go away. And in fact, you kind of look forward to it because you're like, oh, they want to take me to court. Like I know all of their dirty secrets. Let's go to court. Let's talk to a judge about this and see how they feel because everything that they're doing is called securities fraud and there's huge penalties for it. So right now, of course, this isn't being reported on the news at all and never will be, but there's dozens of people that are suing, you know, the credit bureaus, credit card companies, banks for tens and twenties of millions of dollars and winning these huge bags from court because they're catching the banks on all their violations of UCC law. And again, literally everything the bank does is fraud. Every step they make along the way to write you a presentment, to give it to you, to take your money, it's all fraud because you were never given disclosure. They never told you what's happening. And so that's why they can be penalized, you know, almost infinitely for everything they do. Mm. And then you show up to court and you're like, I have 150 documented violations of federal law. And the bank's like, well, we can't prove them wrong. So we got to pay up. And I think this movement is just kind of beginning, but it's growing so fast to the extent that like two years ago, when I just started learning about this, I could barely find a video to educate me about this stuff, the legal fiction and all that. And just like two years later, there's entire YouTube channels popping up teaching this stuff. I'm a part of three different law communities where I've discharged all kinds of things. Hmm. 
So like the proof is in the pudding. Like you just got to start doing this stuff to start realizing how true it is. And to me, that's the real waking up to the matrix. And it starts with the affidavit. Well, that's one. It can start with a number of different steps, man. There's so many ways mm-hmm. to get remedy. But to me, you really wake up truthfully from the matrix when you start doing it, actually sending those letters, actually doing discharges mm-hmm. and seeing it work. You're like, wow, the whole system really is a scam. Right. It's too big of an idea to grasp before you have some living proof from your own right. experience. But once you're like, yo, I just took out, I just bought a hundred thousand dollar car and didn't pay for it. The system is fake. Right. Right. Interesting. So there's that whole swath of breaking free of the old earth and, um, and through what you've been describing. And then, so what is your, uh, we can, we can wrap with this. What is your most exciting, um, focus on new earth builds and whatnot? Yeah. Oh, juicy question. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly, I'm excited about everything, man. Like what you shared lights me up. I love that idea so much. I love the idea of like free energy finally being available, which we've had for so long, probably since before Tesla, um, because free energy would literally solve like every conceivable problem, you know, on planet Earth. So that's exciting. Um, that's why I lit up when you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like the basic awakening to the fact that there is systemic corruption on our planet that needs to be dealt with is super exciting. Um, because to me, healing is exciting. It's like, we don't even know what's going to emerge on the other side of this giant collective healing we're doing, starting to hold our leaders accountable, starting to replace them with better leaders, starting to create systems that don't need leadership at all that run autonomously through unity. Those are all super exciting to me. So I just want to be an agent of change in the best way, whether that's just spreading awareness kind of like I do now of like teaching some of the common law stuff. Like I just want to put this on y'all's radar and then you go research it. You go do it yourself. I'm not going to be that guy who like walks people through processes, but I am an awareness raiser in that sense. And I I feel like shouting this from the mountaintops because it is humanity's salvation. Like think about the fact that nobody in our country or in Canada or the UK or Australia, any of these countries that do use this system I'm describing, nobody's actually in debt. And yet debt is how they're enslaved, right? By the government and banks and stuff. It's called debt slavery or usury mm-hmm. from, goes back to the Babylonian times, enslaving somebody through debt, usury. That's what's being done to humanity right mm-hmm. now. And the truth is no one's in debt. Mm-hmm. Everyone's worth more money than they can conceive mm-hmm. of. You know, you, you're a being of infinite worth mm-hmm. is actually true. So much so that the banks know it's true and they collateralized your infinite worth without you knowing it. Right, right. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. Interesting. Correlate. Yeah. Interesting. Um, now, would you would you say that um, um, are are there like repercussions of sorts that you um, see with if one does not do that sort of um, liberation from old world um, contractive contractions, um, and let's say they just go and begin getting even more deeply involved in. Um, and basic needs infrastructures and new earth building and homesteading with mm-hmm. these new mechanisms and whatnot. Do they still have to do some sort of, uh, at least like some sort of affidavit or something Absolutely. of the old? Yeah. Okay. Because if you don't, you're leaving the hooks in you from the matrix where they can pull that chain anytime they want. Okay. Because so if you're homesteading, let's yeah. say in the future, but you haven't done that, like what could happen then? Oh, they say. could take your property. They could do whatever because 
under their contracts, everything is contract law in, in the legal world. It's all contracts because it's all business. If you already have the land and you already have the home on the land and mm -hmm. it's all already legally. It's legally owned by the all caps name, not the living man Atlas. Okay. So you have to establish who you are versus the all caps name that they own. One of the maxims. So of as law, long as you establish yourself yes. as a living, as living man. Yes. That did you say what, what the all caps name that is what the all caps name that is? It's just, yeah. It own what is it? It owns or what? Like the agent of. Oh, the agent of. Yeah. Like okay. Mark Zuckerberg to Facebook. You become Mark Zuckerberg is to Facebook as to your legal fiction, to your corporation. Oh. You become like the CEO of your corporation. Oh, okay. Okay, so... So you can sign things okay. on its behalf, all that. So you do that, you become the, the agent of the fiction. Yeah. And then now there's no hook in right. a way. Okay, so then if there the was... The hook is you are the legal fiction. So you're our property because one of the maxims of law says that which one creates, one controls. So they made your corporation a birth, not you. It's their corporation, but you can claim to be the president of that corporation, and they can't say you're not because okay. they're a fake as corporation. As long as you're the living man of the yes of the symbolized fiction, mm -hmm. of because the, yeah. under natural okay. law, dude, nobody can punish you at all for anything unless you've provably done harm to someone. So like this is one of the ways people are getting out of speeding tickets. I just watched a video on this the other day. This guy did a brilliant job. He got a speeding ticket and he was like, who's the injured party? He said, are we under criminal jurisdiction or uh, commercial jurisdiction or civic ju jurisdiction? And she's like, this is a, a criminal jurisdiction. He's like, oh, okay, great. So please tell me who the injured party is because there's no crime without an injured party. And she was like, uh, and she deflected him a few times and he's like, I'm here for on a crime. Tell me who my injured party is. Who did I harm? And she goes, the state of Texas. And he was like, well, Mr. State of Texas, please stand up and represent yourself. And she tries to throw him off. And he's like, no, I have the right to stand before my accuser under the law. Where's Mr. State of Texas? And State of Texas is a corporation that doesn't exist. So he can't face his accuser because he didn't do anyone harm. Mm -hmm. He broke a corporate policy to not drive over 50 miles an hour. Oh, interesting. And if they can say he's the all caps name, he's a bad employee who broke a corporate policy. Mm. So pay up employee. Mm. So you're saying I'm not the employee, the corporation that you made. Right. I'm the agent of it. Right. So I have legal um, protection against right, it. Right, right, right. Interesting. So that's all anybody has to do. It's so called status correction. There's this um, kind of the um, going into the, the dimension of things that are the law dimension of things. Mm -hmm. And in that, that law, in that law dimension, um, it's fascinating cause it's, 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 it does have a very, uh, cool, um, spiritual analog in a way totally. of going kind of, um, um, uh, a, a kind of be beyond the center point contraction and the center point contraction is so deeply affiliated with that symbolic name that was stamped on corporatized, um, and, yeah. And turn and and so so okay so the so then a, in the new earth there's uh there's both building the future homesteading basic needs abundance and freedom and there's also um being a, the living man or woman the agent of yeah that uh uh fictional leaving the system leaving, leaving the matrix the right unplug yourself there you go and all you have to do to unplug yourself is declare who you are 
Like you have the right to self-determination. Nobody can tell you who you are. Um, so like people do this in court. They're like, who's the claimant? Who's claiming I'm the all caps name? I'm claiming I'm not. Prove it. Somebody prove it. And nobody will show up ever to prove it because mm. it's all corporations mm. that don't exist. Mm. So it's a beautiful parallel. And I just... <laughs> it's all corporations that don't exist. It's all yeah, corporations. It's all, it's all these... You see it? Yeah, these stories, these names. It's literally these, a matrix. These bounds that don't exist. That yes. don't exist. Yeah. Titles and names of corporations yeah. that don't have any reality at all. People <laughs> speak on their behalf and pretend to be them but aren't right. Perfect spiritual it's parallel. Perfect, yeah. A perfect, uh, wrapping. I feel like that's, yeah. that's so, so cool. Yeah. Wow. It's fascinating that the, the bounds themselves have such deep ties to that kind of that corporate to corporative nature. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then that there's, that there's that, um, that, uh, that the living man or woman as the agent of that, mm -hmm. but into the boundless new earth architectures, no hooks, yeah. free, abundant. Mm -hmm. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite lines in the Course in Miracles says, "All creation is extension." So that's why, again, like humanity as a whole has built these corrupt systems because they're extensions of us. Anything we create at any level has to reflect the human ego. Because that's the, where the collective's at, heavily identified with the ego, right? So, of course, all of our banks and governments and corporations and everyone acts like a big freaking ego at every level because creation is extension. So that's why when you and I transcend the false nature and step into our true awareness of who we are, then we can create like ourselves now, which is the new earth, right? We create an infinitely sustainable, abundant, free world which is a reflection of who we are. We are free. We are abundant. We have infinite value already. There's already no lack of anything, but we have to create a world that reflects that reality. And so how can we create that world if we don't become it first, if we don't know it first? So that's why the awakening is always in here. But I'll, I'll give this preface as we close because whenever I talk about common law, I want to give this disclaimer. Mm -hmm. Typically, people will rush into doing these processes before they've really studied up enough and before they actually embody these truths. So they'll get really angry. For example, when they find out about the legal fiction, they're like, I can't believe that dirty government made a fake corporation out of my name. How dare they? I'm going to take it back. And they come from this anger energy. They're looking for a fight. Those are the people who always get dragged into court before they're ready, before they have their documents and they get steamrolled by the court system. Right? right. So what I say is, before you enact anything to correct your status, to discharge debt, any of that, come to peace with the fact that this is the way the world is. Yes, it's an inconvenient truth, but the tr knowing the truth will set you free. And when you're finally at peace with this and you have nobody to go to war against, you're just like, I just want to declare what's true. I'm not that corporation. I know that. I believe that. I want to let the system know that now. Then from that energy of like self-confidence, self-belief, peace. I come in peace, not to war. I submit my documents from that energy. You'll always have things go the way you're looking for, right? You'll manifest the outcomes you're looking for when your energy's right. So this is all about embodiment. It's not just about head knowledge. I know a lot of people that can razzle dazzle me with laws. I can't believe how much law they know. And yet they've been hosed in court by the bank so many times because they went looking for a fight and that's what courts need is that fighting conflict energy. That's what the ego needs, right? 
So it's like what Jesus says in that one line, agree with your adversary quickly is one of the tips he gives. And then he says, lest he, lest your adversary hand you over to the sheriff and the sheriff hand you to the judge and the judge throw you in prison. So even in Jesus's day, 2000 years ago, like he understood how the system worked. He's like, don't fight the system, man. That's what they want you to do. You know, come in peace uh, to do no harm. Be as wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. Right. And if someone accuses you of something, agree with them. That's the conditional acceptance of I will lawfully pay any debts I lawfully owe. I agree. You just need to prove it to me. And then we're just putting the truth back on those who are trespassing the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth sets itself free, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cool. Wow. It's been so beautiful. This is the first uh, in-person podcast of the show in Austin. That's right. And I'm honored, man. We got to we got to share it. I think together. we dropped in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> From alpacas to legal fictions and nothing. Everything's backed by nothing. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Well rounded podcast. Yeah. Really fun. Wow. Yeah. And we'll get to we'll get to explore more um in the in the network here i'm I'm looking forward to that because you've been established here for a bit now like yeah what has it been a, a year couple and years. a half so, yeah a couple mm-hmm. years so it's exciting um let's uh let's see how we can how we can connect out here and and um and yeah it's been so exciting like hearing about these new communities that are being built around here too yeah. and and um, getting the chance to shepherd and homestead with those, we've had a bunch of yeah fun in the in the live chat too. Um, there's been some great energy and comments there. I can only and imagine. Yeah, yeah. Thanks everyone so much for tuning yeah, in. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. And um, there's uh, been some comments from people that oh that watch both of our our channels and whatnot, nice. and they're just like really excited that this came Love together that. again. Yeah, That's yeah, the best. yeah. <laughs> Super fun. Um, Cool. So there's, um, you know, there's links, uh, below to Aaron's, uh, YouTube channel to his website. You can find more information there and, um, and probably more uh, content on the subjects that Aaron was was sharing. In fact, I have a series on my YouTube channel. If anyone's like really, is it a playlist? It's a playlist. Yeah. Everything in my channel's playlist. What is it? That one. So you go to my channel playlist tab, and then it's called the rabbit hole. And it's like an eight part series I did with a co-facilitator friend of mine where we go from A to Z through that entire subject, the history of it. This is, this is, those are the videos that I saw bits of. Okay. Yeah. I saw bits of those. So it's called the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole. Okay. Cause I remember when I I remember seeing content pop up where you were talking about this and it was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, It is really fun. It's like, yeah, it's in a way it is like a, obsoleting the old embarking into the new yeah and just being jazzed about just how beautiful that whole the freedom of it all is and how it appears and how just yeah. just mwah, the indescribability yeah none of us have any idea how beautiful and holy and epic <laughs> the new world can be and will be that we're going to create like all we know is this super corrupt system right like we can barely even imagine a truly free united world and it it surpasses our ability to imagine it. That's how good it is. So there's yeah. a lot to be excited about. Yeah, let's go. Let's freaking go. Let's freaking go. 
gosh, that freedom and play and innocence of the kids as those basic needs being met, man. It's just like, like, how do we want to play today, baby? Yeah. How do we want to play today? That's kind of what my life feels like now. Yes. I'm sure yours does too. Yes. And more and more so for, for the whole, for abundant, prosperous. Yeah. Um, all right. That's a, that's, that's a wrap. Um, much love. Thanks again, uh, everyone for tuning in. Thanks so much. Aaron, thanks again for coming on, man. Dude, thank you so much for having me, man. Super pleasure. I'll come back anytime. I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, this will be fun. The the baptism of Austin. Yes. And its in-person guest has begun. I'm honored to herald your arrival here, by the way. Thank you. That's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a wrap, folks. Peace. Oh, we got some balloon animation. Yay. OBS does these. It's so cool. Wow. It's so cool when it does. I got to still figure out how it... <laughs>